three golden nuggets. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and in this episode, Matt shares three golden nuggets, like he said, and he touches on a few very basic yet important photographic variables that will more than likely add some value to your photographic journey. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Three golden nuggets for photography. Super cheesy, I know, but I tried really hard not to make it cheesy, but anyway, it just seemed to go that way, and I'm sticking with it, and I'm rolling with it. Much like a dad joke, sometimes they're hard to forget, so I'm hoping that my cheesiness will make this difficult to forget, because I'll be chatting about three different tips or tricks or techniques um, with photography that I use constantly on our photographic tours. Every time I lift my camera or the guest lifts theirs, uh, we're running through these points, um, whether subconsciously, consciously, or verbally. These are three things that I feel will take your photography to the next level. They kind of are basics. Um, it's kind of basic photography, but I think it's often forgotten or pushed aside or, you know, in the heat of the moment, you know, when things are kicking off in the sighting, we kind of forget about these things, which um, understandably so. So just to reiterate the points and maybe for those who don't know them, um, you know, to t- discuss these three things that, that will lift your photography up. So what are they? The first thing is negative space. Number two, rim lighting, and the last or third, catch light. So basically, let's start with negative space. Okay, what is negative space? Quite hard to describe over a podcast, but here we go. So negative space is basically the space that exists between your subject and its background. Now, the bigger that space, so the further away your subject is from its background, will create more what we call negative space. And negative space is kind of like the blurry bits of a photograph, if you like, or dead space, some people call it. So picture it like this. Okay, if you think of a a, um, a garden, okay, if, if you're taking a picture of, let's say, um, a bride and groom in the garden, where they go and stand up next to the scraggly bush, okay, and they stand a meter away from that bush, and you take a picture at, say, with your photograph, uh, sorry, your camera set at f8, you take that photograph, okay, um, regardless of your lens or, or whatever else equipment you might have, you're going to have quite a noisy and busy photograph. In other words, you know, a lot of that detail from the bush is going to be brought into the photograph and there's not going to be much subject separation. So that is what we're after in, in a lot of, in 90% of the time, we're after subject separation, especially in wildlife where, of course, there are lots of bushes and your subject often lies up against them, okay? So if you were to ask that bride and groom to step forward, let's say, for argument's sakes, 10 meters, okay, they step forward 10 meters, and you use the exact same settings, same camera, same lens, um, and you stand the exact same distance from the bride and groom, but they are now 10 meters in front of the bush, and you take that photograph, what you will find using an f8 aperture is that the bush will become much softer and you'll start getting bulky and all sorts of different things will start happening in the background. That becomes negative space, okay? So the more blurred your background is, the more negative space you have. And often that is achieved through distance, okay? Um, Or perhaps choosing a softer background. So a bush is very hard and scraggly. If there was, let's say, for example, I don't know, let's say that there was a curtain close by and you made them stand in front of the curtain, you'll have more subject separation because your background is 
simpler. So it could also be a simpler background or less busy. So that's what negative space is. And what it does is it creates, or why do you use it rather, is because you create subject separation as discussed. So how do we do that in wildlife? Because it's very difficult to perhaps ask a lion to move forward 10 meters. So we can achieve this by vehicle positioning. So have a look. Um, often it might not be the case. As we know, wildlife photography can often make you tear your hair out. So often it might be the case that you just simply cannot get any negative space, and that's fine. You're going to have to drop your aperture down quite a lot or try other techniques or just perhaps be patient in most cases. Because the other thing you could look for is maybe negative space for the subject to move into and set up for the shot. Preempt where that subject is going and what it might be doing and set up for a space where there will be better opportunity for negative space, if that makes sense. Um, if you have a lion sitting up against a single bush, try and move the vehicle so that the bush sort of goes, you know, so that you rotate the bush out of your frame and maybe try that perhaps. So that's kind of what you want to look out for constantly. For me personally, I prefer more negative space. I prefer more subject separation. 90% of the time your photograph is going to be um, based on that. So if you get a leopard shot, for example, that's right in the bush and you use a lower aperture, you do actually get subject separation and you do get negative space. The bushes um, or the branches that will be on the same focal plane as the leopard will be in focus, but everything behind will be out of focus. And so that actually adds to your photograph. So don't be scared of that because, or, or rather be aware of that, that sometimes, you know, having those extra branches in focus actually adds to the story um, because ultimately we're telling a story and, you know, subject separation can occur even in a thick bush because the rest of the branches will be blurry. And so your main branches and your leopard will be in focus, which is fine. But if your background is busy, you know, the, what happens behind the subject, if that's busy or too busy, then that can affect the photograph. So be aware of negative space. Okay, look for opportunities for it and try and utilize it when it's there by dropping your aperture or maybe in some cases increasing your aperture. Who knows? Depending on your situation. Right, number two, rim lighting or backlighting. One of my favorite, favorite things. And this is often where guests will give me a very skewed look because what will happen is the guides, you know, guides will generally get the vehicle into the best photographic position, which is probably sun over the shoulder um, and you're facing the animal, which is great. But, you know, sometimes that can be a bit of a meh moment, you know, like a meh. Yeah, it's okay. Um, for people who are on safari for first and second time, you know, it's mind blowing and it still is mind blowing. And I don't want to take anything away from the sighting. But how do we like make it better? How do we look for a better photograph? You know, one that's a little bit more dramatic. Because if the way I always look at it, you know, if I could Google, let's take, for example, a cheetah on a mound. This is always one of my favorite examples. A cheetah on a mound. Okay, if you Googled cheetah on a mound under images, you will find hundreds of cheetah on a mound in good light. Okay, it won't be hard to find anything that really pops and goes, whoa, wow, that's amazing. So things like rim lighting can help you achieve that wow moment. And what you then do again is by moving the vehicle around, perhaps if you have the opportunity to do, to do so, or getting ready for a shot. So setting up at the mount that your cheetah is walking towards and you can get ready for that shot. So what you, I always say you start at 45 degree angles, you know, get the subject 45 degrees to the sun and your vehicle, but I don't think it's as, you know, I don't think you have to make it as mathematical as that. Often with the naked eye, 
you can see, put the sun over your left shoulder, you're going to get a certain kind of rim lighting. You can often see it either happening or about to happen. Um, and so, you know, put the camera down and watch carefully for it. Once you kind of see it, what's beautiful is that the camera will pick up more of it than what we see. And so by dropping your exposure compensation, you can by half a stop to a stop sometimes, be careful of the shadows as a side note, don't make your subject too dark. But just by a slight underexposure um, or increasing your shutter speed ever so slightly, you can actually capture that room lighting even more. Now in the blog that I've written, I've, I've got a shot of a lioness where I've managed to capture all three of these nuggets and you'll see the rim lighting, what effect that it can have. It creates an outline of your subject. Now imagine we've got that bride and groom scenario that I discussed earlier. We've made them stand 10 meters in front of that very busy bush and we've created a big negative space. Wonderful. Now, if we were to step either left or right so that there would be a slight side light or rim light or backlight, whatever people might refer to it as, you know, and then we drop the exposure slightly and take that photograph. Now we've got negative space plus we have accentuated that rim lighting where the sun is just slightly highlighting the outline of the bride and groom and making it a bit more accentuated versus the actual subjects themselves. You know, it gives us beautiful golden outline. Imagine how that pops that photograph, your subject separation and your, the, you know, for the viewer who's looking at that photograph will see the subject separation plus this beautiful golden outline. And it tells a much more dramatic and beautiful story rather than the bride and groom standing in great, um, you know, bright light. So we start creating a more dramatic effect by using that. So something just to keep looking out for and quite easily achievable, mostly, by the way, in the morning. So the sun rises and the sun sets in the afternoon. During the day, this is going to be very hard to achieve. In fact, I don't know, you know, unless you get your subject right underneath the sun, it can be quite a difficult, it can be quite a challenge. And also in the afternoons and in the mornings, try and push the boundaries on this. You know, if you have the opportunity and, if, and you've got the chance where you've got your insurance shots, try and push the boundary, try and put the sun as close behind the subject as you can, you know, see how much rim lighting you can really get away with. Uh, Cause I really feel that's going to add a lot of drama to your photograph. So the catch light number three, let's move on to that one because this one I love, this is one I get very passionate about. And for those of you who have been on tour with me, you know how I love talking about this one. One of the most underrated things in photography, I think, and I just don't feel like it gets spoken about enough. A catch light is, so basically, what is catch light? It is that little white fleck. It's a little speck of white or a little fleck of light that you will see in your subject's eyes. Sometimes it's round or sort of an ellipse, you know, um, shape. Um, it, it's, it, 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 it appears in different ways. Sometimes there's two or three different catch lights that you might even get in the eye. But it's those little specks. And often, you know, I've even seen people who remove it um, or try and avoid it. And all I can say is don't. Whatever you do, catch light, catch light, catch light, catch light. I think it's one of the most important parts of a photograph, especially portraiture stuff. Um, if you're doing landscape stuff, maybe a bit different. But if you're up close and personal on those animals, um, or any subject for that matter, a catch light adds personality into your photograph. The eyes are, because I'm sticking with a cheesy theme, the eyes are the window to your soul. All right, so anyone who hands you a puppy, or a baby, or a photograph of their puppy or baby, instinctually as humans, what we do is we look at the eyes. So no matter what gets handed to you, the first thing that you do is look at that things, for the lack of a better phrase, that things eyes. And 
what a catchlight I feel does adds it adds personality into that um that that subject. So if you were to actually do an exercise, go into your photographs and look for those catchlights and try find a photograph where there isn't a catchlight and put them side by side just to compare and you'll see the difference that the catchlight really really makes. And it is just you know there's even been cases where where I'm trying to save a photograph and yes because I do fine art disclaimer I do fine art some it's not natural photography I often add catch light in to one of my fine art shots just to add that personality into the the um the subject eyes you will be absolutely amazed how much that adds to your photograph and how do you capture that well again simply it's just by maneuvering the vehicle and changing position perhaps or waiting for the subject to turn its head in a specific way. Once again, you can see this with your naked eye. You can actually see the catch light, so wait for it, then capture it on the camera if you like. But if you, yeah, I mean, if you, if you see a picture without it, you, you know, you, it won't, you won't feel as though it's missing anything, of course. But when you see a picture with it, it's then that you realize, wow, what a difference this really makes. So those are the three golden nuggets. And just as a sort of a side note, again, just don't beat yourself up if you can't get all three of these either, or if not even two of them, or even if not one of them. Okay, not often can we get all three in one photograph. In the blog that I wrote, I managed to capture all three, which is a wonderful example to use. It took a picture of a lioness that was simply just standing, um, looking off into the distance and created this really beautiful wonderful almost artsy photograph because there was so much negative space and a beautiful catch light and rim lighting so you know that was a wonderful um, moment and really good for any photographer but if you can't get any of these don't beat yourself up it's just really important to remember them and to try and aim for them if they are available and you know it, it will really lift that photograph from being a, a googled photograph to a wow this is worth posting photograph so I really hope that this sticks with you. And again, apologies for the cheesiness. Sorry, not sorry. But anyway, um, when you are on tour with me, let's focus on these three things and see what a difference that can make to you. Thanks, guys, for your time. And we will catch up soon. Bye.